We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's the Week 8 Start Sit Show on Roto-Viz Radio. What's up, Roto-Viz? Welcome into the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. I'm Dave Cabin, one of the owners here at Rotoviz. Coming live, uh, Curtis unfortunately can't join me, but for another Thursday start sit show on Rotoviz Radio. Hard to believe that we are already at week eight, but that is where we are in under an hour. The Bucks and the Bills will be kicking off to start Thursday night football. While we wait for some questions to start coming in here, we will take a quick look at the top passers in the GLSP this week. We have Josh Allen followed by Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts. If Justin Fields were to play, he would be up there as well. Jared Goff, then maybe the biggest surprise you're going to see on the leaderboard here this week Jordan Love against Minnesota. Now, a lot of this has to do with how poorly Minnesota has been at defending the pass. But if we drill into some degree here and we take a look at Jordan Love's average stat line against teams like Minnesota, when you look at passers like Jordan Love, what you're going to see is that uh, 1.7 passing touchdowns is the average 247 yards. Also, 20% of his matches found the end zone and added 23 additional yards as rushers. Actually, 16% of his matches went for more than 25 points. We also saw 18% go for uh, 20 to 25 and 32% at 15 to 20. So there are certainly... Uh, a lot of matches for Jordan Love that had very good games. We'll have to see how he fares in that divisional matchup. Behind him, if Brock Purdy were to play, which at this point it's not looking good, uh, he would be next on the list. Then we have a couple more uh, passers in here uh, either playing due to injury or that currently are injured uh, in Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, Justin Herbert, Tyrod Taylor. A pretty low week here for Mahomes. Um, Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins, CJ Stroud, following behind. So while we continue to wait for some questions to come in here, uh, one of the things that we will do 
first is look at all running backs this week. Shouldn't come as any surprise that we have Christian McCaffrey scoring towards the top of the leaderboard, followed by Isaiah Pacheco, Raheem Mostert, Austin Eckler, Saquon Barkley, DeAndre Swift, Travis Etienne, uh, David Montgomery were back in action. He'd be next. We see Zach Moss still scoring pretty high. Uh, of course, these numbers might be a little bit inflated given that the tool does not know um, the extent to which Jonathan Taylor might impact him as Jonathan Taylor uh, is only in a limited portion of this sample. Uh, Cam Akers sneaks in. Of course, he's in a slightly different situation now, followed by Kamara, Tony Pollard, Jonathan Taylor, and Josh Jacobs. So pretty chalky week there at the top of the board. Uh, for anybody just joining in the stream, please shoot over those questions. Uh, any that you might have, and we'll make sure that we get to them as quickly as we can here. Uh, generally starts off a little bit slow, but then they start coming in pretty furiously as time moves along. At wide receiver, uh, pretty standard top of the leaderboard here. You have Keenan Allen, followed by Stefan Diggs, A.J. Brown, Jamar Chase, DJ Moore, Christian Kirk uh, is up there. Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, you have Brent Ayuk, Puka Nakua, Devontae Adams, Adam Thielen, Nico Collins cracking his way into the top 15. Wide receiver 13 this week with a PPR average of around 16.8, followed by Jacoby Myers in Cooper Cup. If we look at players in 16 to 30, Drake London comes in at 16. One of the things that's worth noting is he has a very favorable matchup this week with the Titans, given what you'll see if you look in the passing game matchup Raider. Uh, a lot to like about London in that matchup with Tennessee. He's followed by Garrett Wilson, Mike Evans, Terry McLaurin, another Houston receiver scoring favorably here with Tank Dell, an average of 14.6. Um, other players in here that uh, you might not expect to see Josh Downs coming off of, uh, I believe it was a 23 plus point performance last week, um, landing in somewhere around wide receiver 25 this week, an average of 12.9 points for him. Uh, we also have guys like Zay Flowers, Romeo Dobbs, Zay Jones, and Curtis Samuel rounding things out for us there. Continuing along, we make our way to tight ends. The top scoring tight end, given the GLSP's projections this week, is Travis Kelsey with an astounding 19.2. We've talked about the distance between Travis Kelsey and other tight ends uh, already this year, and it looks like that's going to continue. It's Darren Waller, though, who also has a favorable matchup if you look in the passing game matchup, Raider, goes into a matchup with a tough Jets defense, but one that actually has been fairly favorable to tight ends. As a result, we see Waller with a PPR average of 15.1. He's followed by Sam Laporta, Dallas Goddard, Logan Thomas, TJ Hawkinson, Cole Komet, Mark Andrews. Then we see Jonu Smith and Kyle Pitts. Uh, in the favorable column for Pitts this week is the matchup that he has with Tennessee because you do see that his alignment tendencies where he lines up infrequently as a traditional tight end bode well for him in this matchup should be able to take advantage of a couple of individual matchups that he'll see and also Tennessee uh, is just favorable to players in his position that operate 
the way that he does. He's followed by George Kittle, Gerald Everett, Jake Ferguson, and Jawan Johnson. So still waiting for some uh, questions to come in here this week. Uh, we will continue along here looking um, at some comparisons right now. So if we make our way to running back and um, we look at, for example, um, maybe a decision between somebody like Josh Jacobs and Jonathan Taylor, uh, Josh Jacobs this week has an average of 12.1, Jonathan Taylor an average of 12.9. Uh, we do see a slight favorability for Jacobs over Taylor in the 10 to 15 bucket. Taylor, though, does have 10% of his matches to 8% for Jacobs going over 25 uh, PPR. Other running backs that you might be interested in digging in a little bit more to this week is James Cook, uh, who will be playing tonight. And actually, if we go and take a look at James Cook's stat line, um, players like Cook against defenses like Tampa Bay have gone for around 51 yards, 20% found the end zone uh, as rushers, 10% found it as receivers, average about two receptions. Not too much upside actually for him in this matchup with only 18% of his matches going for more than 15 points. Um, Take a look back now at some of these other running back matchups uh, where you might be choosing between players to go with. So uh, Brian Robinson Jr., versus Ramondre Stevenson. If we look at that for this week, what we'll see is you have Brian Robinson. And uh, let me get Stevenson in here. So you got Brian Robinson at 10.4, Ramondre Stevenson at 10.1. This would go in the favor of Stevenson. Robinson has more downside. Once you get to that 10 to 15 window, uh, you see a 7% favorability for Stevenson over Robinson. Then it's 17% to 8% at 15 to 20. And um, Robinson does sneak in 4% more at the 25 and above mark, but uh, would look like you would favor Stevenson in this matchup. Now, if we drill in a little bit here on Ramondre, and the Patriots are playing the Dolphins this weekend, uh, an average outing for him would be around 47 yards. Uh, 30% of his matches found the end zone, um, and his matches averaged, like I said earlier, around 10.1 PPR. So, uh, some wide receiver matchups that, uh, or comparisons, I guess I should say here, that people might be interested in. Um, Zay Flowers or Curtis Samuel. So we'll punch in Zay Flowers here and we will punch in Curtis Samuel. And in this one, it's pretty close. You have Zay Flowers at 12.8, Curtis Samuel at 12.6. Very similar distributions for these two players. So the way that I would then start to address this using the GLSP is I would pull up each of them individually. We'll see that against Arizona, players like Zay Flowers are seeing around 7.4 targets, 
five receptions, 66 yards, just 10% of Flowers matches found the end zone. So he's a fairly limited upside. Um, like I said, uh, for Curtis Samuel, fairly similar overall point total. His stat line, though, gives him around 6.4 targets. This is against the Eagles. 4.4 receptions, 52 yards, and 40% of his matches found the end zone. We've seen the Eagles become an increasingly favorable matchup for opposing wide receivers. When I look at that touchdown separation there, I would use that to make a case for Samuel over Flowers. Of course, you would expect Flowers to be more involved, but I actually would give the nod here to Curtis Samuel because of the higher potential for a touchdown. Now, the other thing that I would focus on here too, uh, in conjunction with that, is if we just pull up Zay Flowers in the NFL Player Stat Explorer and we go to game logs on the season, what we'll see is he's found the end zone just once. That came against Tennessee in week six, uh, whereas Curtis Samuel, we've seen punch in two scores. So it's really not that much of a difference. Um, so slight favor for me here for Curtis Samuel, but I could see this one going either way. So again, anybody out there that is watching the live stream, if you have any questions that you want to get in, uh, definitely hop in the chat and do so. I'm almost getting worried here that I have enabled things incorrectly. Um, as I'm doing this solo, normally Curtis uh, handles all of the, the streaming stuff here. So uh, back to some more players that we might be choosing between this week. Maybe you have a um, T. Higgins versus Calvin Ridley decision to make. I could see that being one. So for Higgins, uh, an average of 11.5, Ridley at 10.7. It's kind of interesting in that both of these players have had a couple of big games and we've seen them disappear in others. They follow a fairly similar distribution. However, there is more upside, albeit uh, not too much more upside for T. Higgins, when you look at the range beyond 20 PPR, very similar uh, comparison here for these two players. Of course, uh, we should probably look now a little bit more at the matchup. You have Cincinnati facing San Francisco. 30% of Higgins matches found the end zone. They put up 53 yards, whereas Ridley... And the Jaguars are playing the Steelers this week. 20% of his matches found the end zone. Saw around seven targets. Uh, the other thing that we could do here, and I'll pull this up, is check out the passing game matchup Raider. Now, I actually don't remember off the top of my head where these two landed this week. So we'll pull up the tool here quickly. We will make our way to the matchup rating tab. And uh, we'll zoom in here on Higgins and Ridley. So um, Ridley draws a matchup rating here of 58 against the Steelers. Higgins draws a matchup rating 
a 42. Given that it was fairly close, maybe we could break the uh, tie here and say that you go with Ridley. Um, you do have Higgins playing against San Francisco. So that is worth calling out. San Francisco and Arizona, though, from a points allowed versus expected, have actually been fairly similar. And when I talk about points allowed versus expected, what we're doing in the passing game matchup, Raider, is looking at what percentage of a player's typical points per game they score against that defense and then aggregating in a way that lets us know if teams allow players to score more or less points than average. So, um, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Do you ever feel like your brain is getting in its own way? Like you know what you should do, what's good for you, but you just can't do it? Well, I know from personal experience and currently using the BetterHelp service that I put off starting therapy for many years until early 2023 when I started therapy with BetterHelp. And for a long, long time, I didn't know all the things that were holding me back subconsciously, consciously. But with my therapist, I've been able to come up with positive coping skills and being able to understand why I felt the way I did about certain things, certain situations, helping me to understand, accept, and enhance my life and my day-to-day -day experiences. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited for your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. I was matched with my therapist. We clicked straight away and we've got on fantastically. But if there's any reason you'd want to switch therapists, you can do so anytime for no additional charge. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash rotoviz today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P.com slash rotoviz. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. 
That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. We'll make our way now to a couple of other uh, player comparisons that people might be uh, choosing between. So Josh Downs, I think, is going to be a really interesting play this week, uh, given what we saw out of him last week. Uh, maybe you have a decision where you're going for him or somebody like Jaden Reed, players that have been maybe on your bench in some weeks where if you had played them, they actually would have been fairly usable. On it's fun to see Downs be able to have some of the performances that he has at this point, as he was one of the players that Curtis talked favorably about heading into the year. We do see a 2.5 point advantage for Downs in terms of average PPR, uh, and it definitely favors Downs um, when you look at their overall distribution here. 30% of his matches went between 10 to 15 whereas just 21% went between 10 to 15 for Jaden Reed. Um, fairly similar in the 15 to 20 bucket and beyond, but it's really that large concentration for downs that uh, gives him, I, I would say overall, a little bit more upside here than Jaden Reed. So the appropriate play here would be to go with Josh Downs. Now to give a little bit more of insight into what you might expect out of him this week, if you look at his average stat line against the Saints, calls for seven and a half targets, 51 receptions, 63 yards, and 40% of his matches found the end zone. All right. Let's look now some at, at a little bit more at some of the tight ends that people might be choosing between. Um, with Zach Ertz sidelined now, Trey McBride becomes a more appealing option. And uh, if we put him up here against somebody like Jonu Smith, we'll see how much of it, how much of a separation we have right now between Smith and McBride. So Smith's average PPR, believe it or not, is actually 10.4. We have McBride at eight. McBride, uh, slightly lower here in terms of a little bit more downside in comparison to Jonu Smith, who actually sees 6% of his matches go between 20 to 25. I will say that we saw that favorable matchup for Kyle Pitts that I called out earlier, kind of offset what you're seeing from Jonu Smith. Pitts matches up a lot better um, with the... Tennessee defense than Smith does. Smith runs more routes, lines up more as a traditional tight end than Pitts, which is why you'll see that difference there. Also, from looking at the way that tight ends have scored against the team, it seems unlikely that both of them have a good week here. I would actually say maybe you go ahead and you roll the dice here uh, if you were making this decision on McBride. Um, as a reminder, uh, for those of you that can't join us, on the stream, you can always send in questions on Twitter or to the Rotoviz email or the podcast email. We'll try to get to those questions uh, when we record uh, so you can at least hear them in audio format when you check in 
on Friday mornings when the podcasts post. We look at DSTs this week. Now, I know you probably have already had to do waivers and pick them out, but I will call out a couple of the top matches or the top uh, matchups favorably here for DSTs. Atlanta against Tennessee, average of 10.9. You add on to the fact, or you add on to that, the fact that the tool doesn't realize that you're going to have Ryan Tannehill sidelined and uh, Will Levis seeing some of his first NFL action. It's easy to uh, realize that this should be a very good week for the Falcons defense. Baltimore against Arizona, uh, Chargers against Chicago, Cleveland against Seattle, actually Seattle against Cleveland. Those are some of the highest rated DSTs on the week. So let's let's look at quarterbacks a little bit here. Player that we normally get asked about um, on a weekly basis is Sam Howell. And it's normally something like Sam Howell over, uh, I think a couple of times it's been versus Trevor Lawrence. Uh, let's take a, let's take a look here. So this week you'd have Trevor Lawrence going up against Sam Howell. And in this matchup, there actually would be a significant slant here towards Trevor Lawrence, mainly because we see a significant difference here. Uh, when you look between 15 to 20, 10% in favor of Trevor Lawrence in that bucket, fairly similar when you move beyond there. And we see Sam Howell have about 9% more of his matches falling in the 10 to 15 bucket than Trevor Lawrence. So it would be a Trevor Lawrence week here. A uh, little bit more info here on what you could expect from Lawrence. Uh, 23 of 36 was the average for his matches. Just 1.3 passing touchdowns, 250 yards. Uh, whereas if you looked at Howell, his average stat line this week against the Eagles, his divisional rival there, uh, 268 pass yards, 1.4 passing touchdowns, um, and maybe just a tiny bit of production with his legs. But Trevor Lawrence would be the way to go there. So um, let me think about some other players that we commonly get asked about here. Uh, we'll look down the list now at some lower rated running backs. Um, Jalen Warren versus Najee Harris. That feels like a question that we would often get. And I apologize that we don't have questions coming through here. Normally we have a ton by now, so I'm not sure if I did something wrong setting up this stream, it would certainly look like it. Um, but we will compare right now uh, Jalen Warren. I think I might have said Jalen Warren versus Najee Harris, um, which is not what I meant to go with here. I meant to say versus Justice Hill. Uh, so you got Jalen Warren. And keep in mind here, Gus Edwards had an awesome game last week, but that was largely driven off of a singular play. If we compare Jalen Warren and Justice Hill, uh, kind of interesting in that Justice Hill has a lot more downside. Actually, 49% of his matches failed to get to five points. However, he does have 4% of his matches going for 20 to 25. Uh, and if you look at um, their 75th percentiles, they come a little bit, closer than you might expect knowing what the low end looks like for justice hill 
However, um, when you look at the overall distribution for Jalen Warren, I feel like you would have to go Warren's way. We dig in a little bit more and we look at the average stat line produced for Warren. It's not that great. Just 24 rushing yards on seven attempts. 10% of his matches scored rushing touchdowns. Does pick up, though, an additional 23 yards and three receptions as a receiver. Whereas if we look at Justice Hill, we'll see 31 yards rushing. 40% of his matches found the end zone. Uh, but uh, just one reception, which really looks like the difference there. His volume isn't that much higher than Warren's either. So given the ability for Warren to become more involved as a receiver, uh, that is the direction I would lean. Look, let's look at some other running backs that uh, you know you might have to choose if you want to go ahead and put them in your lineup or not. You got Josh Kelly in his matchup with the Bears as a player uh, that uh, I could imagine teams needing to think about here. And I could see him being up against somebody like Zeke Elliott. So we'll put in Zeke Elliott here. We will put in Josh Kelly. And if we compare the two, there's a delta of 1.4 PPR in an average game slanted in the case of Elliott. Um, you know, you do see Kelly get a little bit of an advantage in the 15 to 20 bucket, but uh, Zeke outscores him in the 20 to 25 bucket. Significantly more downside for Josh Kelly as well, uh, with 48% of his matches failing to get to five. 32% of Zeke Elliott's failed to get there, but overall this does look to favor Zeke. And if we take a look at some more details here, um, we drill into Zeke, for example, against teams like Miami, players like him should see around 10 rushing attempts, 42 yards, 30% found the end zone uh, with around two targets in contrast uh, for Kelly tool would expect around 11 attempts, 30% of his matches found the end zone, not a lot of, uh, receiving production actually averages just 0.4 receptions, 46 yards as a rusher. Uh, so that lack of, of passing is, I would imagine contributes to why we saw such a high percent of his matches failed to get to five. Uh, these are going to be players that aren't going to be seeing too much volume. Um, and then you add on top of this, the fact that some of the games in the sample are influenced by um, Austin Eckler being unavailable. And this does look like one that would be in favor of Zeke Elliott. So let's take a look at a couple more wide receiver comparisons here. Uh, again, you know, I apologize. I seem to have configured something wrong with the stream. So we're not going to, getting questions in here uh, like normal, uh, but that's fine. We will come up with a, uh, a couple more here um, that we can look at. Let me just uh, move things around on my screen here. And uh, at wide receiver, let's go really. So Kendrick Bourne, I think is a player that there's probably the question of playing him and you know, I could actually see somebody questioning Kendrick Bourne versus Garrett Wilson kind of feels like 
with uh, Zach Wilson at the helm for the Jets, that might be where we are. Uh, let's take a quick check in here. Garrett Wilson, at this point in the season, ranks in at uh, wide receiver 24 in terms of PPR per game. Actually, number 14 in expected points per game. Number four in Whopper. Uh, so those are actually pretty good numbers. If we bounce him off of Kendrick Bourne, we'll see that at this point, Kendrick Bourne, number 31 in terms of PPR per game, 27 in expected points per game, just 38 in Whopper. The GLSP, however, yeah, it gives a, a pretty significant advantage to Garrett Wilson. Actually, 19% of Wilson's matches against the against teams like the Giants went for 25 or more PPR um, as a result of that thing significantly in favor of Wilson here. And he would be the play over Kendrick Bourne. So uh, it's 8.03. I'll wait two more minutes, see if we have any questions come in on the chat. If not, uh, we'll close out by looking at one more selection of wide receivers that you might be choosing between I know a player that Curtis and I have had to make some decisions with on fill-in weeks. And of course, there's not any buys this week, but there are you know significant number of injuries popping up. Uh, one of the players that you might have to think about here is Jahan Dotson. <clears throat> and uh, you might be looking at something like Dotson versus a running back. And you know perhaps that running back is somebody... Um, like Aaron Jones, eh, you're probably going to go with Aaron Jones. I'm trying to find an example here uh, that people might be thinking about. Maybe it's like Dotson versus Brian Robinson. Now we already did talk about Brian Robinson. I also want to quickly pull up um, Antonio Gibson here just to talk about Antonio Gibson because he's another player that seems to be kind of on the fringes for some of the teams that I am managing Gibson against the Eagles, just four attempts, 12 yards, 3.4 targets, 2.7 receptions, really not a lot there. So back to the comparison of Brian Robinson and Dotson. And of course, it's interesting that they're both playing here against the Eagles. This one would go in favor of, of Robinson has a little bit more upside in the above 25 bucket kind of offset to some degree by what you see for Dotson in the uh, 15 to 20 and 20 to 25 bucket, but uh, more downside here uh, for Dotson in comparison to Robinson. I also think um, in this matchup, I'd be more inclined here to go with Robinson. You know, we've talked about the Eagles Secondary being one that at this point has become very favorable for opposing wide receivers. But I think I would like this matchup here a little bit more for Terry McLaurin and Curtis Samuel than I would for Dotson. If we quickly check out the passing game matchup Raider, you'll see Curtis Samuel with a 71 this week. One of the highest rated wide receivers. Dotson and McLaurin fairly similar. But yeah, I mean, a good overlook or a good outlook overall for Washington's wide receivers. Uh, so, you know, go into the GLSP, take a look at Dotson versus some of the other players you might be choosing uh, between here. Um, 
trying to decide if you should try to out Dotson or you should go with uh, another option. So that takes us to the end of this week's start sit show. Uh, hopefully uh, we should have Curtis back next week. We'll get some questions coming in. Wish everybody the best of luck in their matchups this weekend. I'll be recording one more podcast this week that might come out on Saturday where we're going to be doing kind of a breakdown, a review of the first half of the fantasy regular season, if you will, looking at where players have landed at this point in comparison to their preseason ADPs, kind of making a sense of some of the shifts that we've seen in the redraft landscape. As always, thank you very much for uh, hanging out with me here and stopping by, and we will see you next week. Thank you for listening to the RotoViz Fantasy Football Show. Send us questions at rvffshow at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at DaveCabinFF and at CPatrickNFL. Leave us a voicemail at 978-615-9214. And make sure to rate, review, and subscribe.